Hello, family. Welcome back to the Explore the Extraordinary podcast. My name is Betty Guadagno, and today I'm joined by my Marco. And Marco is a conscious creator. I found him on Instagram. I totally love his content, so I'm kind of fangirling right now. But I asked if he would be willing to come and serve the community here at IONS and talk about his spiritual journey on our podcast. And I'm so grateful for your willingness, and I'm going to toss it right over to you. Thanks so much. Well, thank you for having me here today. I'm grateful for this experience as well. And you know, it's divine timing because I actually was asked a question the other day regarding how did your spiritual journey start? And it came to me, for those that don't know me, I was an EMT firefighter. At the time, I was an EMT only. And I had this profound experience with a woman who was my youngest cardiac arrest victim. This lady, she uh, can I say this because of HIPAA? Let's just say she, she, her heart stopped. And within 20 minutes or so, she was finally able to come back. Like she's had a very short downtime for someone who's been on the other side. Now, when she came back, this is what she said to us. She remembered everything that was going on around her. She said that she saw the beginning of time. She saw the end of time. She saw every life that she ever lived. And she was pissed off that we brought her back because everything that she was running from, she was escaping from, we brought her back to it. When she was on the other side, she felt nothing but pure bliss, pure infinite consciousness, a oneness with the one infinite creator. But you know, out of all of that, that she said, I was stuck on the part where she said, I saw every life that I've ever lived. And why that stood out to me so profoundly was because I knew what she was talking about. I've dabbled in my own psychedelic experiences and I've done meditation. And I, in my book, I talk about this experience about how cheat codes to the universe are these psychedelics. These psychedelics slingshot you into this knowledge that some of us aren't ready to receive just yet. Some of us need to take years of meditation to tap into it. Now, my psychedelic experience showed me that I had multiple lives and I'm coming back to fulfill a karmic debt towards my own son. Uh, my son apparently murdered me in another life over money. And now money was a form of karma that I've always had problems with. And it wasn't until I shed light, shed light on this problem, that's when the money was no longer a problem. Because my son, we were mechanics in an auto body shop in another life. And we were fighting over money, which led to my death. And it was told that he came back into this life as my son so I can forgive him. And this came through a psychedelic experience. So I'd seen a regressive hypnotherapist after this experience and went deeper into that life. And I uncovered other lives. And that's when it all came back to me with regarding what she said, every life I've ever lived. Because I started doing a lot of research with people who have had near-death experiences, people who have had these psychedelic experiences and people who meditate they all share this profound knowledge or this divine knowledge that comes back to them i call it cosmic consciousness 
where it's really just internal wisdom, gnosis, knowledge that you seek within yourself. It's all, it's all naturally here. Just it's a matter of how it comes back to you. And I found that meditation is the best practice to obtain this knowledge and pull it out of you at any time. And near-death experiences are, I've been doing a lot of interviews on people ever since that moment that I had that patient because she didn't understand why she came back to this planet. She, she was just pissed off. And here I am, just an EMT firefighter going into her room and listening to this internal voice that was just like, what did you see? Uh, and that's what I got. And I think her purpose, honestly, was to spark my curiosity because that's when I started doing research into reincarnation. I started looking into Eastern philosophy, started practicing meditation because of that experience. And then I started sharing the knowledge that I've learned over the years with the collective. And that led to an awakening amongst other people. And now that led to me being on this particular podcast because of that experience back in 2016. So I think that that experience from her vicariously impacted me. And now a little background on myself, like I grew up in a religious Christian background and I just always knew there was more to it than you just go to hell and that's it. It was you either go to heaven or hell. And if I'm calling a state a state and I'm not trying to offend anyone, but to me, both of those possibilities seemed kind of frightening because it was just like, oh, I'm either going to church for eternity or I'm burning in hell for eternity. Both of those kind of felt like what it's not the vibe. So uh, I started doing more research after that experience. And that was one of the shifts that needed to happen in my life for me to be where I am today. Because now I teach people about the inner knowledge that we all can obtain just by going within ourselves. Because if you go within yourselves, it, this doesn't, it's not saying that we are God, we are the extension of the creator. So we are made to co-create. When you go in yourself, you find that inner genius that lies dormant within you, that inner genius that tells you, you are made to co-create with the creator. And I see, I help a lot of individuals with my clients. We go do these one-on-one -on -one services where we have them figure out what is their path. And I'm seeing a common theme is creation. We're, we're put on this planet to create, do what we love, not serve this matrix that we are stuck in where we're told that we have to go to school, go to work, find a good job, have kids, buy a house, be a slave to this debt. And it's like people got stuck in that process and they start to serve others as opposed to serving themselves. And in serving yourself, you see your true divine blueprint, your true, your true reason on this planet. And a lot of people, when they find themselves and what makes them happy, and that is a form of doing something that involves a form of creation, whether you're doing content creating or you're painting pictures, singing, dancing, the creative arts, anything that puts you in a form of a flow state that allows you to tap into that etheric knowledge. And that's what I tell people when it comes to meditation 
it doesn't just involve just the sitting in a lotus position and tapping in that way. It could be anything. You could go on a hike. You could go on a drive. You could take a shower. You believe it or not, a shower. People can meditate in the shower. Um, it's it's meditation is a form of a blueprint for you where or it's like a diet where it's not like everyone's everyone's diet isn't going to work how your diet's not going to work for you how it doesn't work for me. So when people meditate and they find what works with them, they tap into that spiritual realm. And I don't know how the type of audience we have on here, but there's a good movie called Soul where you see this taking place in a children's movie where the guy, he's he's a piano player, he dies and he goes into the spiritual realm, but he knows to tap into the spiritual realm when he plays the piano. He taps into that etheric realm because he's in a state of flow. That is meditation. That's that anything that keeps you in a form of flow. And that's really what I think what I don't think I know my incarnation on this particular lifetime was not only to forgive that karmic debt, but also to help humanity or aid humanity in this shift of this inner knowledge, as opposed to looking externally for this savior. It's, it's here. And you see this in a lot of religions where Yahshua Jesus is pointing to the heart and he's saying the way to my father is, is through the heart, this Christ consciousness. When humanity feels the love for themselves, they will then begin to project that onto others. Right now, this world is in a form of lust where we are looking for love, not looking. We're, 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 we're far from love. We're not saying we're looking. As far as the people who are in control right now, and I don't want to get too far into conspiracy, but I'm just saying the people who are in control right now are keeping our vibrations suppressed in a state of lust where we as collective humanity are looking for love. And when we once we get there, that's when the vibration of the planet shifts. But we have to first start within ourselves. If you want to change the world, you have to change within yourself first. Go within yourself to find this knowledge and love yourself and your, your worthiness will come and it starts to project. We project our our internal, our inside as above, so below, it's a projection of what's going on internally. So we have this fear and this lack that's going to keep on manifesting. So we can all collectively shift our inside, the world will be a better place. And um, yeah, I kind of went off on a tangent there. I love tangents. Thank you so much for sharing. I, a lot came up for me while you were talking. And I just, okay, a couple of questions. Have you ever talked to that woman again from the ambulance? Have you, were you able to stay in contact with her? You know what? No, but I'm really hoping that one day, like she comes across me and we meet in some divine way where I tell her the impact that she had on my life and how much it has changed me since then, just because of in, encountering her. Now, a little backstory on that. When with how she passed away, it was divine how she came back, because usually when people they uh, the way she went out, people kind of start doing CPR when they're usually I, I feel like I can't give it all away because of HIPAA. But like how she went away, the manner that she went out, 
people do CPR and the person's usually not dead, but this time she just so happened to be dead and they were at the right place at the right time to bring her back. And, um, yeah, like she started looking around at mid CPR and was like, holy cow, she's back. This never happened. And she was my age. I'm 32. She was 32 or, or she was either 32 or 33, but I'm turning 33 this year. And she was, she was around this time frame, So it's just like a full circle moment. And I feel there is a part of me that feels I will run into her at some point in my life again, or she'll come across my videos because she is what inspired me to create this content and to do this deep dive and look into other religions. When I started looking to other religions, that's when I started to see an overarching theme of love, loving what yourself and loving one another. So I'm, honestly grateful for that experience okay so yeah that's amazing and i wonder dad there's i love what you said you said you think that her purpose for her near-death experience might just have been to spark this in you and i think that that's so fascinating there's this branch of philosophy called solipsism and it's basically about that there's one mind creating everything and so who is the mind is it you is it me? Is it God? Is it source? But when you say that, I think of that branch of philosophy, like maybe your consciousness created that whole experience just so that you could come onto the path that you were actually destined to come onto. And I love thinking those big thoughts like that. Um, another thing that you shared about was this past life with your son. And I love that you said that you guys were in a dispute over an auto body shop. It wasn't like I was a king and he was my hand. And, you know, it was just like a real regular life kind of situation. So that leads me to my next sort of yeah stream that I kind of want to go down about your family. So you talked about having a Christian upbringing and obviously you have a family, you have a son. And so I'm curious, what does your family think about like this newer version of you or your transformation into these, you know, esoteric and spiritual realms of knowledge? Believe it or not, that is actually a great question. I have I actually shifted my family's perspective. Uh, I think that's what I was intended. That's why I was in their soul contract was to shift their perspective because now I see my dad's randomly sending me videos of Do Dr. Joe Dispenza, which is a other full circle moment because I came across Joe Dispenza because I was just trying to impress a woman. Like I, she, she came. Every you you just when you look back at things, you see how things are playing out. Because a few years after that near-death experience, when I was on my journey of looking at other sources, I started learning about the power of manifestation and the law of attraction. And this woman came out to me on social media and she reached out to me. It's like, hey, have you heard of Joe Dispenza becoming supernatural? I was like, No, I haven't. So uh, I looked into it and I was like, wow, I've been doing a lot of this stuff unintentionally and not even realized that that's what I was, that's what I was doing. So yeah, she came to me and presented that to me in that, that manner. And I was like, okay, I guess, uh, this, uh, spiritual stuff is the way to go. So now it's a full circle moment that my dad is starting to send me videos. And my mom asked me a few months ago, she was like, do you still believe in, uh, do you, do you still believe in that Jesus is the way? 
And I said, like, I believe in a form of Christ consciousness. I believe that what he was teaching is is right. But I don't believe that you have to accept Jesus Christ as your savior. And that is your way into heaven. Because honestly, I from the near-death experiences that I've talked to or in my own transcendental moments, I see that there are other ways into this divine realm than what is being presented. And going back to the reincarnation, because you, I just thought about that as well, speaking of family, the universe has a unique way of reminding us of our past traumas. For example, my, my current partner, her brothers, they're mechanics. And they love each other to death. Like there's nothing but love and energy in the shop that they work at. So it's kind of ironic that the universe told me when I was in this via Kajic Records, it said I saw my contract and it said that you're meant to come back and forgive him, love him unconditionally, and you'll be reminded of this love through your current partner, her brothers, learn from them, because that's how, that was the life that you should have had. And we can connect to this, this realm through meditation or psychedelics or different ways that I'm not endorsing psychedelics. I'm just saying that that is one of the ways that I've tapped into uh, the Akasha and going into reincarnation, not to get too far off track, but my past lives, there was a life as a pirate from New Orleans. I went to New Orleans back in 2020 before COVID hit. It was the month before COVID hit and shut everything down. I went to New Orleans and I was walking down uh, Frenchman Street, but that was where I had a great vibe. But I was walking down Bourbon Street and and uh, uh, St. Saint Philip Street, or but there was this bar called Lafitte's Blacksmith Shop. And for some reason, my I would just mindlessly walk down this road and then I would stop at this bar and I had no explanation as to why I was stopping there. I went back to my hotel later on that day and I had this very profound vision. And I don't want to say dream because it was not a dream. It was a vision where there was a British soldier charging at me with a bayonet and then I woke up. Now, during, during later on that night, I had a haunted ghost tour where we explored the rest of that, where we explored all around New Orleans, all the French Quarter. And we stopped at Lafitte's blacksmith shop and you found out that it was, it used to be the home of, or the smuggling operation of John Lafitte and his brother Pierre Lafitte. And they were pirates. And they just so happened to help New Orleans in the Battle of New Orleans against the British. So it was weird how I had that dream. And then when I went to that bar later on that night and the tour guide told me this, it was just like the chills went up my in my hair. And that that's how I know something's usually resonating with me. If I feel it here in the crown, I know that there's some truth to this. So the fact that that happened and I reflected back on my life as a child, I was like, oh, I used to love being a pirate. One of my favorite baseball teams was Pittsburgh Pirates. I would always dress up as a pirate almost every Halloween. So it was just like that was a universe way of also reminding me of another life. But the Akashic, Akashic Records revealed that that wasn't the life that needed healing. The life that needed healing was the life with my son 
and I need to forgive him and love him unconditionally because he was once my brother. And that's where this whole family dynamic with reincarnation is very intricate when you start getting into people dated their mother or they dated people, their siblings in a past life, and they came back into your life to like fulfill this karmic debt. Like you are soulmates and and reincarnation, sibling, all that stuff. You think the royal bloodline is corrupt with nepotism and all that. This rent soul contracts are a whole different ball game. Wow, that's so true. Yeah, my father and I have had many, many lives together where we're husband and wife and brother and sister. And in this lifetime, we were father and daughter. But yeah, it's it's so layered. Like there, we could go in a million directions with this and I want to. So I want to talk about, um, so, you know, this is like everybody's question, but what do you think the purpose is of coming back over and over again? Or what is the destination with learning the lessons? Well, for me, I was told in the, like in detail by my guys, they said that your debt, your journey into this realm is to learn from your last life. Like this is, you need to, I, you need to have a, a lighter heart, an open heart. And the way to do that is to get rid of that, that trauma that's been following you from lives to lives. But this is your life where you get it. This life, you figured it out that you need to learn from this and move on from it and let bygones be bygones. That's it. Once you realize that and you know, you take that on, practice meditation. So when you do go, you know how to avoid this reincarnation cycle. You know how to navigate through these bardos. You know where to go next. And I think that the reason a lot of us keep coming back is because we don't know how to navigate the stages of death. That's why the ancient Egyptians always dream interpretation and dreams were really big in ancient Kemet where they wanted one to realize where when they are dead through their dreams if you knew you are dead if you don't know you're dead when you're dead you won't know I'm sorry if you don't know you're dead when you're if you how to navigate that spiritual realm when you're alive you won't know how to navigate it once you're dead and therefore you come back and you see they have the heart of my eye where the heart is light as a feather. If your heart is weighs more than a feather, like you, and essentially you lived an unjust life. That and other interpretations can be looked at as it, you held karma. Your karma is weighing you down and that is what's bringing you back. Once you eventually lift that karma, your heart is light as a feather and you can be a feather, go float wherever you want into the next realm. So I think the reason we keep coming back here is because a lot of us do hold some debt that we have to let go. And we have to, once we, once we let go of this debt, that's when we can move on, move on. And some of us intentionally chose to incarnate here for a purpose, for a reason to help others. This not only learning through this karma, but I feel like that's also me helping others realize their true potential. And that woman dying, like that's that was her that was with within her contract. She it wasn't her time, but she does not know the impact that she had because of the many lives that I've touched because of her. 
Wow, that is so amazing to think about the interconnectedness of all of us. And I think it doesn't even have to be something as dramatic as saving somebody from cardiac arrest. Smiling at a stranger on the street can have an insanely powerful impact that we might not know can ripple out into, you know, somebody, just just so, so many things, you know. So I heard you talk a little bit about um, the matrix that we live in and this time that we're in right now. Do you have any thoughts about not only the transformation in your own life and like why that took place when it took place, but do you feel that transformation is happening for the collective itself? Absolutely. I feel like at 2024, the year of abundance, there's a lot of power. We're learning to learn how to harness this power. But eight is the infinity sign. It's the number. It's karma. So there's a lot of karma that is being repaid where the collective is seeing through the veil. We're seeing through the lies of the old age that were passed on to us. And it's all becoming to light. It's all surfacing. That's the karma playing out where all the dirty things that were being done in the shadows are, are just being exposed left to right. So, yes, I believe that collectively the world is going through a form of an ego death where we're no longer. You still have people who are stuck in this place where they worship celebrities, but you have a lot of people who are now saying, why did I used to worship these celebrities? Why was I worshiping the royal family? Like that, what is going on with that? They they're seeing through this BS that was passed on to them through the age. So I know collectively we are moving on to a different place because think about this. The fact that I am able to share a lot of the information that I share and not get deleted is another thing. Cause if I would just share half the information that I shared in the 18th century, I, my head would be cut off. I'd be a witch. It did, you know, so like that right there, you, you know, because we can openly speak about this, that we're moving into the right direction, but it wasn't like that. It, 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 I feel like it's recently changed because back in 2020, I used to get deleted for sharing a lot of my content. I've, been deleted three times on different accounts and i've always come back it's like the rise of the phoenix i come back stronger and share even more information i come back with more knowledge to share with the collective but yeah i've been deleted so the fact that i haven't been knock on wood i haven't been deleted just shows that we are moving into a different direction where the information is starting to be shared and openly now Wow. Yeah. You know what? Thank you for sharing that. That's actually the next thing that I was going to ask you about was kind of about where were you able to develop this courage that you have to be able to share so freely? I feel like a lot of people, especially people who watch podcasts like this, are dealing with being in the spiritual closet. Like maybe they've had experiences and they're really scared to come out and say them out loud because they fear judgment or being institutionalized or being labeled crazy. And you seem very strong, comfortable, confident in sharing the spiritual knowledge that you have. And I'm wondering if you can take us down that journey with you. Um, Honestly, I just always been one to beat to my own drum where I don't really care what people think. I just, 
I, I'm, I guess that's the Virgo in me. We're ruled by the Mercury where we just, we say what we feel. We, we, we speak our truths. We speak our thoughts. But we use our gift of discernment. So if something feels like BS to me, I'm going to speak on it. And I think I started um, coming off on different things that I just, I just saw through it. And I just started speaking on that. And then I realized, oh, there are a lot of other people who feel this way and they want to talk about this. So, yeah, let's keep talking about this content. So I think that that just drive that came from just naturally just being an organic person, you know, where I know that I if I know someone's lying, I tend to feel it and I call them out. If, it, if I feel something that has truth, I feel it here. And I'm not going to lie. There was a lot of religion and a lot of times I went to church and I just wasn't feeling it here. And I felt my natural gift of the sermon was coming where I was just like, this guy's BS. It's rubbing me the wrong way. And I think one of my viral videos on my last account was when I called out this, uh, this, we, I said, I, the video title was called that time my grandma took us to a uh, cult because we went to this church and there was this woman in a wheelchair and I, I, we got, we, we're known as the backsliders. We show up to church late and this was a night church. I don't know why we were going to church at night. It's not Sunday. It's, it's just something she did. So she went to this church and I remember there was this woman in a wheelchair and I saw her walk into the wheelchair, walk keyword into a wheelchair. And I just thought like, okay, maybe she's just tired. She just wants to like, you know, just be pushed. Cause I get it. You're old. You, you want to be pushed around, you know, you're not strong. So this woman goes into the church. And then later on that evening, the pastor goes up and says, looks around and said, is there anybody who needs to receive a blessing? He, you know, gets his little voice. Then he goes and calls upon he's like oh we have a woman who came all the way from maryland so naturally i'm already bored but i perked up some because i'm from maryland he said maryland we're in pittsburgh came all the way from maryland to receive this blessing so i looked it's the woman in the wheelchair i'm like oh what's he about to do to her he's like has the lord places he placed his hand on her used the lord to bring her back and have her walk. She started doing a little wobble. And then she started walking. And I was like, Grandma, I, we just saw her. And my grandma's like, shut, shut, shut up. So it's like, it's like from right there, I started calling things out. Like when it came to religion, I spoke on that. And I just started learning the different, con just my content evolved from that just to explore more about the hidden books that were hidden by the Vatican. I learned about the Nicene Creed and I learned about how we, the Book of Enoch was one of my favorite hidden books. And it's just, I see how there's a lot of missing information that we weren't given. But when you look into these other books and you start learning about other religions, other philosophy, you see things like giants, you see titans in mythology, you see the flood, you see the epic of Gilgamesh, you see these different things, giants, floods, it's all starting to kind of correlate. And you're just like, okay, that's interesting. Then you start looking at what predates the religion that was indoctrinated onto you. You're, you. You really go down certain rabbit holes. 
So I think that's where it really evolved from, where it was just like, I just shared my truths and what I've experienced. And then I started sharing like, oh, hey, by the way, there are over 14 plus books missed that the Vatican hid from us and started talking about the different books. And I started talking about the different religions, such as Gnostics, how they were persecuted because, you know, history is written by the victors. And you see how Gnosticism kind of correlates to Buddhism with how it's a it's a cycle that you must escape going back to this matrix, this materialistic world. And it's like the biggest trick the devil ever played was having the world believe that he is God. So when you really look at it from that perspective, it's like, yes, we are meant to admire this world and admire living life. But also we can't get caught, too caught up into this world because that's how we come back to this world. We get caught in what is known as this archon soul trap where people cling to this materialistic plane. They cling to their lives. They cling to what makes them human. So you really start to see how all these Eastern philosophies, Gnosticism, and even the captors, which form of a set of Gnosticism, they all have this overarching theme of escapism this escaping this materialistic world but then there's Taoism, which is the balance you know like which it's the balance the yin and yang that's why I, it's it's cold in here but i'm wearing my yin and yang hoodie but it's the balance like it's when i see this sign I, it's a reminder to be balanced because you can't have escapism and you can't have uh we, I feel like a lot of people have this form of escapism where they believe that, oh, aliens are coming to save us or Jesus is coming to save us as opposed to just be balanced in line. Don't be caught up in the materialistic world. Don't be too far left on the side of spirituality where you lose touch of reality or do, don't be too far on the right where you get stuck in the materialistic world. We got to be centered. We got to be balanced. And to go off on a tangent, when I see the yin and yang logo, it is my sign from the universe that I am hitting on the right course. Like I am balanced. I am in line. Whenever I'm out and about and I see something, it means I am at the right place at the right time. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for that. You know, I, I love the tenacity and the way that you talk. And I think a big part of spiritual awakening for so many of us is that insatiable thirst for knowledge. Let me learn all of the things that I mislearned. And I think that that's part of the human experience. I don't know anybody, I, like personally, I don't know anybody that was taught, you know, like very consciously growing up. I feel like everybody is kind of misled in order for us to at some point say, wait, maybe this isn't right. And then start learning for ourselves. And I love how we all have pieces of the puzzle. Like we've all taken time to learn specific things so that we can share it with each other. And I, yeah, I thank you so much for sharing about your experience with religion and then finding your own information and kind of constructing your own set of beliefs around it. Like we don't have to fit into somebody else's box. We can design our own box. That's what spirituality is all about. For me anyway, that's what it's about. And I also like how you shared and I've heard you say it a couple of times in this conversation that what works for one person might not work for another person. And that's okay too. There isn't just one set of things that's going to be completely aligned with each individual. And um, yeah, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your day to come and talk to our audience here. And I just want to see if there's anything else that you'd like to share to feel more complete about our time together. No, I, I once again, thank you for all 
thank you all for watching. Thank you for having me on. And the last thing I would like to share to end it is just, I want everybody to have an open mind. Don't just go with what you're told. Listen and use your discernment and then use all brains, your gut, your heart, and your mind to truly make a decision on something or to truly dive into something. I, I just want everybody to listen and use discernment. Don't do everything that you're told or don't believe the height, so to say. Love that. Ah, great parting words. Thank you so much again. And all of your links will be in the liner notes of this episode so people can connect with you. And thanks so much. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.